0: Let's be honest, if you're losing to San Jose State in any sport, it's time to look in the mirror and make a few changes. Howdy and welcome to the YO Sports Podcast. I'm your host, David Graff. Alongside me is my co-host, Robert Munoz. We've got a very special edition of the podcast this week. It's going to be a little bit of a quicker version because Robert is in the midst, the throws, the worst of it all, finals as a college student, especially when it's your final round of finals. Robert's going to be graduating. It's really exciting for him. We're all very, very happy Let me tell you what we got on tap for this episode as a result. We're going to talk about three thoughts that we had learning that Fresno State, San Diego State, and San Jose State may be out in terms of fall athletics. What does that mean for the conference? What does it mean for Wyoming? I've got some ideas. Robert's got some ideas. We'll share those ideas and we'll talk about them. Then we have Patrick Saunders, the Colorado Rockies beat writer for the Denver Post, He's on tap for us today. He spent a good 15 minutes talking to us about the Colorado Rockies this season and everything that's surrounding baseball. And then to wrap it up, we're going to give our own predictions, our own thoughts. We asked Patrick how he thought the Rockies fit into the NL West picture coming into the season and how they fit now considering there are going to be a lot of changes to MLB Robert and I are going to give maybe some outlandish predictions. I have no idea. I'm not as high on the Rockies as Robert is or maybe I am. I don't know. I haven't talked to him about it so it'll totally be off the cuff. But first Robert, how's it going?
1: Oh, it's going, David. It's going. man. Just grinding away here. Last couple days of my academic career, it's Bittersweet. Maybe it's a little more bitter than I thought it would have been. Um college is fun, man, but yeah. Everything's going well. Chipping away at my final assignments here to wrap up the semester and things are looking good. How are you doing up there
0: in Zula? Tell us about some of those finals.
1: Uh, not much, man, not much. I am putting together a comedy magazine using the InDesign program. Big stand-up comedy guy. I love watching them. Thought I would do a little magazine for a final project, put that together, and yeah.
0: Who's your favorite stand-up comic?
1: Probably has to be Dave Chappelle. Absolutely.
0: Can't go wrong with Chappelle.
1: Can't ever go wrong with Chappelle. I mean... What about you, though, David? <sighs>
0: Man, I don't know. My favorite stand-up comic, I'm a, I am ai really enjoy Chris D'Elia. He's got a few good specials on Netflix.
1: You can't go wrong with Dave Chappelle. He's probably the funniest guy in America, in my opinion.
0: No blasphemy there. No jive from Robert. That's for sure. All right, well, let's get into the big news that has potential major implications for the Mountain West Conference. The president, who runs the Cal State University system, announced that every campus is gearing up for the fall to be almost entirely virtual. That means no students on campus, and that probably means no university-sponsored sports. So that impacts three schools in the Mountain West Conference, like I said earlier, San Diego State, Fresno State, in San Jose State. Now, those three schools are at varying levels of competitiveness. No offense to San Jose State. So that, that means that there will be some sort of impact on the Mountain West, especially from a national stage. Also, the University of Wyoming only has San Diego State on their football schedule for the fall, so that means they're not terribly impacted if all three schools bow out. I'll run down my first three initial thoughts, and then Robert will go here. My first thought when I heard this news, it's definitely disappointing for all the schools that had San Jose State on their schedule because there goes that free victory. Let's be honest, if you're losing to San Jose State in any sport, it's time to look in the mirror and make a few changes. Wyoming has done that after they lost to them. It's just necessary. It's a come-to-Jesus type meeting that you got to have after that. Second, what about Hawaii? Hawaii is an interesting wrinkle in this whole thing because if California is not playing sports, and California is the closest state in terms of to Hawaii from the Mountain West Conference, honestly, I think from the continental U.S., don't hold me to that. I'm not totally sure is Hawaii really going to play football on the mainland in the United States and are schools really going to want to send their students to Hawaii in the event of all this thing? I have no idea. Thirdly, it brings into question whether or not University of Wyoming is going to have to switch to an all-regional schedule. Thankfully, Wyoming has Utah on the schedule, the University of Utah, which is a big game against a Pac-12 opponent and definitely one that alumni, fans, players, I think everyone is excited to see the Wyoming Cowboys take on the Utes. So hopefully that game still happens and that can still be on the schedule. But those are my initial first three thoughts when I read this news, when I heard this news. What about you, Robert?
1: Well, let's just go back. To your first thought there, David, uh, San Jose State was pretty good at women's basketball this past season, I must say. That's a pretty solid team. So there's kind of a little nick in your argument there when you say San Jose State sucks at all. I mean, maybe there shouldn't be in the conference for football and men's basketball, but that's a debate for another time. Um. Uh, one of the takeaways I really had when I thought about it, it's way too early and who knows what's going to happen, but how will uh transfer players want to transfer and everything? Is that going to be an issue and stuff right now? Like, what do you think about that?
0: Transfers don't normally happen, you know, mid season. It's not like trades in major league baseball, which is, Oh, so confusing to me right now. And we talked about that with Patrick as well coming up. I don't think that will have a huge impact, but it certainly will make things tricky.
1: Yeah, I'm just saying, what if there is not a football season? And how is that going to impact the players who are on the rosters now? I mean, they're not going to be able to experience this season with their teams that they had planned on. I don't know. It's just, I guess, it's just a lot going on. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I have no idea. I don't even want to th- think about or raise the possibility that a football season may not happen.
1: Yes, I mean, it's looking pretty likely that it may not happen for those three schools. Uh, another big takeaway I had, you touched on it already, was the Utah game. I know I don't want to your observations there, but I know a lot of Wyoming fans are pretty anxious, pretty excited for the Utes to come back to Laramie. Come back to War Memorial Stadium, the old Mountain West matchup. I remember those were the good days. Alex Smith coming to play in Laramie right before he was the number one overall draft pick and whatnot.
0: Yeah, there will certainly be a whole lot of developments on this story. It's early right now. We're Maybe we're making a mountain out of a molehill. I don't know. I'm anxious. There's not any sports going on. We need something to talk about. We'll talk more about it later when we find out more details, but right now we're going to go to Patrick Saunders, the Colorado Rockies B-rider for the Denver Post. He was nice enough to join us and talk about the Rockies and talk about his expectations for the Rockies this season and a whole bunch of things, and I did slip in a little Drew Lock question there. I don't think you can hate us for including the Broncos on every single podcast, but if you do, let us know. All right, we are really happy now to welcome to the YO Sports Podcast, Denver Post, Colorado Rockies beat writer, Patrick Saunders. Patrick, how are you doing today?
2: Well, guys, not bad. Just got done on the lawn. Um, I'm on furlough this week, unfortunately, from the post. But Such
0: is the day and age we live in. But uh,
2: I'm I'm hanging in there and uh, just hoping for baseball to come back at some point.
0: Yeah, I know how that goes. I know how that goes. I was let go from my main job just a few weeks ago. It's a tough business that we're in, but we're trying to make it work.
2: Exactly.
0: I want to start off with... How did you picture the Colorado Rockies coming into the season in terms of the NL West picture and what you saw in spring training and this delay? Has that impacted that view at all?
2: Well, I think, if I can recall, I think my um, prediction was the Rockies would win 78 games uh, as opposed to 71 that they won last year. I picked them fourth in the NL West. And through the early Parts of spring training, I think I was a little more optimistic because I saw some some good signs of the pitching. Of course, now that is all you know, water under the bridge, so to speak. So, so now I really don't know what to tell you guys because if the season comes up as as it supposedly is going to with the Rockies playing only against the NL West and then the AL West as well, I really haven't had a chance to really sit down and, and calculate it. Plus, we haven't seen any sort of schedule yet. But my guess is no matter what happens, the Rockies are likely to be around 500, give or take a few games on either side of that.
0: You pointed to the adjusted schedule and the union and the owners kind of talking. How do you think those talks are going? And do you think that there will be whole scale changes to this season?
2: Well, yeah, definitely it's going to be whole-scale changes. I mean, for one thing, they're going to have the universal DH. For another, my guess is they probably have a 30-man roster as opposed to a 26-man roster and some sort of quote-unquote taxi squad uh, because there's not going to be minor league baseball per se. So they're probably going to have to have guys practicing and working out, ready in their wings in case of injury or players weren't performing. So the roster's going to look a lot different. Um, obviously no fans in the stands for at least the most of the season, if not all of the season. So those are huge differences. Um, you know, other than that, you know, the Rockies, are the team is pretty much going to be what we thought it was going to be. I suppose, given a shorter schedule, and we're looking at likely 80 to 82 games, a shorter schedule gives the Rockies a better chance to get hot and maybe make some noise and make an expanded playoff scenario. So I guess in that sense, maybe the Rockies' chances are enhanced a little bit. You touched on the universal DH. If that is instituted, who do you think would be the
1: best best player to take that position on the Rockies roster?
2: Oh man, as it stands now, I would probably go with Daniel Murphy. Um, Or maybe Ian Desmond or a combination of the two. Uh, But then that leaves you with a hole at first base. Uh, it just depends. I mean, Ryan McMahon makes huge strides as a second baseman, but he's very capable at first. You know, and depending on who else you have on the roster, if Brendan Rogers makes it and he's healthy, maybe you put him in second base. Slide in Ryan McMahon as your first baseman, and then you DH Daniel Murphy, because in my opinion, he's he a liability as a first baseman. Uh, those are just ideas I have off the top of my head. I have not talked about Black about this or or any of the players, but, uh, that would be my guess. And then you would also have, uh, uh, Nolan uh, his cousin, who, uh, you know, if he makes a squad to play either first base or third base in a pinch. So those would be the options. Sticking with the offense, offensive side of the ball here, the bats, um, you've
1: been covering the team for a long time. Where does this offense rank, uh, among other offenses you have seen the Rockies have in the past?
2: Well, that's a great question. A really good question. Um, I think the offense has underperformed the last two seasons. Even in 2018, when they they made the playoffs for the second straight year, I think the offense underperformed. Uh, let me just say it. Let me put it this way: Daniel Murphy snaps back after a kind of a mediocre year, if David Dahl stays healthy for a whole year, and then you get uh, increased production on Ryan McMahon couple other guys, I think this offense has a chance to be probably one of the top five or six in the National League. I don't know if it's going to be a huge home run offense, certainly nothing like the Blake Street Bombers of years ago, but you've got some pop. You've got Trevor Story, who's you know, he's a bonafide all-star, made the best short style, all-around shortstop in baseball. He can provide homers, Nolan Arenado certainly. Charlie Blackman is going to give you some pop. So I think overall, the offense needs to be more consistent. I think it's possible. Um, I think they're going to have to change their approach a little bit and get better on the road. Of course, we say that every year with this team. But I think they're ready to take the next step and, and, and be a better all-around offensive squad than they have been the last couple of years.
1: Marquez, uh, Kyle Freeland, John Gray, those, you could even throw to tell in there. I mean, I guess um, kind of the main guys on the mound do you see any other pitchers making noise on the mound this season?
2: Well, you know, when you say making noise, I, I take that to mean guys who are going to really go out there and perform. I think the only two guys right now that the Rockies can really count on um, are Herman Marquez and John Gray. I know everybody wants Kyle Freeland to bounce back, and I wanted to bounce back, and I certainly think he's capable. But he's got a lot to prove. I mean, he had a terrible year last year. So, you know, their number three starter is Freeland. If he bounces back, that's a huge shot in the arm. Uh, But he's got to go out and prove it. And then, as you say, I think Sensatella is number four. And, you know, he he won 11 games last year, if I'm not mistaken. But his ERA was not good. But I I think he's learned a lot of things, guys. So I think he can be a quality-plus pitcher for this team. And then... If I had to pencil in my fifth guy right now, and it's a little bit of a crapshoot, but if I had to pencil in, I think right now I'd probably go with Chi Gonzalez. Uh, And if he performs, you know, he's never going to be a great pitcher in my book, but he he could be a capable fifth starter uh, if he can just stay consistent. And that was his problem last year uh, where he would have games or even innings where he looked really sharp and in command. And then he would lose focus and things would kind of go off the rails. But my top five, my starting rotation going in, at least at this point, uh, would be Marquez, John Gray, Freeland, Spencer Teller, and C.C. Gonzalez.
0: The talk all offseason was about trading Nolan Arenado for some of that pitching to add to the team, maybe bring in a good quality starter. How do you think with what's what, – could be the case with teams and everything that a trade could happen or do you think that's totally off the table now
2: you know that's that's almost an impossible question for me to answer and i'm not dodging it i just don't know i mean right now all transactions are frozen i mean at least between teams there, there can be no trades right now so all of that is frozen uh, we don't know what a trade deadline would look like or even if there would be a trade deadline Let's say the MLB starts up on July 4th. Well, I don't think they're going to have a July 31st trade line again. I would imagine it would have to be September maybe. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Um, but the Nolan situation I think has been put on the back burner for now because everybody just wants to get in there and play. And on such a short season, unless the Rockies really tank, unless they were really bad early out of the gate and had injuries, and then the trade deadline came into play. Maybe Nolan Arnold could be traded, but it's such a weird year. Uh, I think it'd be more likely that Nolan, if he's going to get moved, it would happen. It would happen in the off season, uh, and again, even that is going to probably be different than any off seasons we've seen before. It may get pushed back. Um, but no matter what happens, you know, Nolan will be one season removed now from his opt out clause. In other words whether the Rockies play or not, this year counts against his contract, which means the Rockies don't play at all, well they lose a year of Nolan and he has just one more year uh before he can opt out of his contract. So, you know, there's a lot of lot of things in the air right now and it's really tough to predict because we don't even know if there's gonna be a
3: season.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I'm just curious because that's like been the thing racing through my head if you got traded during this truncated season, and teams and travels kind of restricted, it just—it's one of those things that's kind of boggled my mind. So I had to ask it. But
2: yeah, it's a great question, and, you, and the, the fact that travel will be limited and you can play only against certain teams, and I think all of that is goes into the equation, which always just makes it even more like a a Rubik's cube. But I think it's a very good question, and I, I'm sure Nolan's probably asking himself.
0: Yeah, no doubt. It really is weird. It's kind of a bizarre situation. I mean, there's, like you said, a Rubik's Cube is a really good way to put it. Speaking of guys who are not in the the way of getting traded, but are potentially key contributors on this team, you saw guys like Sam Hilliard kind of break out and make an impact last year. Do you think there's anybody who's poised to do that for this team this year, especially with the potential of expanded rosters?
2: Yeah, good, good question. Well, Let's start with Hillier. You're, you're right, he had a terrific September. He didn't have a very good spring training, uh, even though it was a shortened spring training. Um, his strikeouts were too high. Now you can look at that one two ways with Hilliard. Uh, during the regular season, last September, when he, he, he played so well and hit quite a few homers, he was had the luxury of being able to study opposing pitchers pregame. Well, in spring training, you really don't have that luxury because the guys you're facing are in there for one to two innings. In some Cactus League games, you're facing you know six, seven, eight different guys a day. You really don't know anything about them. So that could account for some of Sam Hilliard's high strikeout rate. Um, but beyond Hilliard, who I definitely think with the expanded rosters will be part of the mix for sure. Uh, Josh Fuentes, Nolan's cousin, as I mentioned before, uh, he's got some talent. Um, uh, I think this would be a good chance for for him to really push uh, push for some playing time. Uh, some other guys that uh, I think, as you mentioned, as I mentioned before, I think David Dahl. I know he's already an All Star, but he's due for a huge breakout year. Um, I'm curious to see if uh, ramel Tapia can take it to the next level. He's certainly shown flashes of it. Um, and then you have you know role players, Chris Owens uh, impressed in, in spring training. Now, he's not going to be some guy who's going to mash a lot of home runs, but he's the kind of player that Bud Black likes. Uh, he's a good fielder. He's versatile. So those are the guys off the top of my head that, that I think have a chance to, to really uh, be productive for this team outside of the, the typical stars. You
1: kind of touched earlier about the injuries, the condensed season. Are players getting nervous, getting a little worried about if – you do if they do play condensed season uh, the impact of it, that an injury could have how how much more likely would it be for them to get injured are they kind of worried about that right now
2: well you know i haven't talked to all the guys i've kept in contact with the core group of guys through the through the uh, corona pandemic coronavirus pandemic rather um, i don't get that sense i think it's a legit concern and i'm sure the Rockies as a team and as the training staff have talked about it uh, my guess is there are players around baseball, not necessarily the Rockies, but around baseball who probably have not been uh, stayed in as good a physical condition as they probably should have. They've probably gotten a little bit bored. Uh, things have become a little bit tedious for them. they probably get caught up in being home and being with their families, being isolated. So I think in, in overall picture, I think that is a concern that, let's suppose they have a two or three week you know, spring training two point oh, uh, and pitchers really aren't ready. But maybe they try to prove themselves, and they they overdo it. Same thing with position players. Maybe you are going to see some more injuries. But regarding the Rockies, the guys I've talked to, and the guys I've talked to a lot this this uh, spring have been John Gray, Kyle Freeland, Nolan, Charlie Black, Trevor Story, uh, Scott Olberg, All of those guys have assured me that they are have kept in top physical condition and they're itching to get out there. So if the whole team follows their lead, I don't think it'll be a major issue for the Rockies, but I definitely think it could be an issue around the league.
0: We'll wrap it up with this here. We've talked a lot about some of the young Rockies players, but I know you used to cover the Denver Broncos. So do you think Drew Locke is the man for the Denver Broncos?
2: (laughs) Uh, Is Drew Locke the man? Well, you know Drew Locke reminds me of a little bit? Um, I'm not saying they're the same player, but he reminds me a little bit of Jake Plummer. Now, I'm not saying they're styles, just the fact that he can improvise, he can get things done, and I like that about him. It's a different era of football. Uh, he's not the man, but he's not John Elway or something like Peyton Manning. But I think he's a, a, the kind of man, the kind of QB who can get this team to the playoffs. So, in that sense, yeah, I think he's he's going to develop into a pretty good quarterback. Is he going to be a star, in my opinion? No, but I also don't cover the team that much, and I could be completely off, but that would be my take on your line.
0: I like that comparison. As a, as an ASU guy myself with Jake Plummer, <laughs> those, I like those. I like those too. So I really appreciate it, Patrick. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us. Okay, guys. And enjoy the downtime.
2: You're sure welcome. My pleasure.
0: Our thanks to Patrick Saunders, the Colorado Rockies beat writer for the Denver Post. Sorry to hear about the furlough. It happens in this business. I can certainly attest to that. We're all out here just grinding, trying to make it work, trying to entertain you folks. Really appreciate him joining us. Right now, though, we asked him from the top what he thought of the Rockies in the NL West picture. What were his expectations for the Rockies this season? We're going to answer that same question. I'm going to let Robert go first. Robert, what were your expectations for the Rockies heading into this season?
1: Um, My expectations were, I mean, maybe they're a little bit higher than Patrick's were. I thought that, what did he say, he had them winning 78 games. Um, I don't know. I could see him winning a little more than that. But it all boils down to what's going on on the mound. Their offense is certainly there. We've discussed that. They put runs on the board. I think I could see him winning, I don't know, seven, eight more games, then 78 games, maybe 85 games. He had him as fourth in the NL West. And that's kind of pretty I, rough.
0: I think they're definitively better than the San Francisco Giants. I don't know if they're better than the Padres, the Diamondbacks, or the Dodgers.
1: Yeah, I guess we'll just have to see. Maybe uh, my favorite thing he mentioned was during the season. If there is eighty-two games, you know, the Rockies do on their streaks of just they're hot, they're winning. My favorite thing that he mentioned was the the shortened season could prove better for the Rockies because they could just heat up, you know, twenty games maybe, and. They could just go on a strong winning streak, and it could it really could be beneficial for them.
0: Yeah, everybody remembers 2007 and certainly wants to try and recapture that. I agree with him that a shortened season could be super beneficial, especially if there's going to be the universal DH, which seems to be the consensus across the board, because they already have four all-star hitters. David Dahl, Nolan Arenado, Charlie Blackman, and Trevor Story. Those are four above-average, borderline superstar, definite, definitive superstar in Nolan Arenado's case. And then you put a DH with those guys, somebody like Daniel Murphy or Ian Desmond, who doesn't have to worry about fielding. They don't have to worry about playing first base or potentially you know trying to be squeezed in a spot where they might actually have to make some defensive plays, count me in that's potentially five guys who could have really, really monstrous seasons. It all boils down to the pitching, pitching is key,
1: pitching is key, David, especially when you're pitching there at a mile high, mile above sea level. Obviously the ball goes flying. I wish we had a little bit more time and I he touched on him a little bit. Wish I could ask him a little more about Rymel Malt- Tapia, uh the outfielder for the Rockies. He's young. He was I think he has a lot of potential out there. I would have liked to hear a little more about on his thoughts about Tapia, but yeah, like you mentioned it
0: all about the pitching, man. Yeah, Tapia could be another key contributor. He's shown flashes. Somebody that I'm really high on, he touched on him extensively. I think Sam Hilliard could have a major impact, especially if there's a DH slot for him to hit from. The guy raked in a very small sample size in September last year, so I'd be interested to see what he could do with a few more at-bats. He would be my guy to focus on to possibly break out and be a key contributor in this lineup. Do you have a guy that you think, Robert, could be a breakout for the Colorado Rockies?
1: That was my guy there. He wasn't really a breakout. I know he played a lot last season. It Tapia Saunders. He did say David Dahl. He's due for a breakout season. Like you said, he's an all-star last season. Uh, Rockies have potential,
2: David.
0: I'm going to go with my prediction here. I think... There's talk of potentially having 14 playoff teams instead of 10 like they've had the past few years. An expanded postseason to make up for the lack of games and get more games on TV. I don't think the Rockies make the postseason. Something would have to be drastic in terms of them getting just scorching earth hot. But I do think they could finish third. I don't know if the Padres are quite ready to compete. They have a lot of really good, really flashy players akin to the Rockies. They also have potentially an ace in Chris Paddock, but I could also see them falling flat on their faces. I do think the Diamondbacks are potentially for real. I think the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers would make the postseason, whether the postseason number is 10 or 14 teams. So I'm going to put the Rockies third. I don't know how many games they're going to play, so I'm not going to guess a record or anything like that. But what about you, Robert? And we'll wrap this up here.
1: Yeah, the Diamondbacks are looking like they're going to make some noise. Bumgarner is going to look – Madison Bumgarner is going to look different there in that maroon and gray jersey, whatever color the Diamondbacks are. Still going to be seeing the same – players though so we'll see how that fares playing in the same division i don't know i i still think the rock yeah i probably have to agree with you the rockies could probably land third there in the nl west Uh, so they do play 82 games and maybe the rockies will win a little more than half kind of just depends on what they show in terms of uh consistency kind of like i just mentioned just not too long ago there um how about you this, David, how underrated is Kettle Marte?
0: Kettle Marte, he was a top five NL M V P finisher last year on an also ran. So I don't know if he's totally underrated. He's definitely underrated in terms of the national perspective. I could do a whole two hour show dedicated to Kettle Marte. So let's just we'll end it with he's the best position player in the NL West by far. No offense to Cody Bellinger.
1: What a take.
0: Telling you scorching here. Scorching on the Y.O. Sports Podcast. Well, it's been fun. We'll let Robert get back to finals, doing his final assignments, getting excited for uh, a virtual graduation of maybe a few real hugs with his family. And I'm going to go grab lunch.
1: What's for lunch today, David?
0: No. I don't want to. We were talking about Chick Fil A earlier. I don't want to think about it. I miss it too much. It's captured my heart, and it won't let go. It's got a stranglehold on my heart. So I don't want to think about Chick Fil A right now. It's too painful. But thanks for bringing that up because I know I you're can't. gonna you're gonna try to grab Chick Fil A. Um uh, no,
1: I gotta travel to Cheyenne just for that. I can mail you can mail some up there to you. It might be a little cold and nasty, soggy by the time it gets your way. But
0: I mean, it might heat up in the oven okay, you know?
1: Yep, that's usually what I do, baby.
0: Well, we appreciate you, Robert. Good luck with your finals. Shout out to Shakewell for the music. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Please leave a written review. We'd love to hear your comments. We'll talk to you next week.
3: I don't know what it is you're trying to prove. Who you want to impress now, now baby. baby? I see you think you got moved so slow, but you do not. How would it takes you past this dance? So you better forget yeah. everything you